All right, everyone. On today's podcast, I am joined by the VIP of the second floor of, of SVP, the most famous Chinese William since William Hung, and the Cafu of Score FC, William Liu. What's going on, bro? Wow, what a, what an intro, man. What's going on? You're, you're ditching hello and welcome. You're just going to this. Yeah, I just have some fun um, coming out with nicknames. And you know I'm a big soccer guy, so I want to get all my uh, soccer yeah. references in while I can. Yeah, name, name five soccer players right now. Uh, uh, first of all, is uh, Cafu uh, Brazilian or German, or what are we talking about here? <laughs> He's definitely not German, dog. <laughs> do, do you know someone on YouTube called us the Ronaldo and Rivaldo of I Raptors coverage? I saw that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so. that's my guy Marcelo, man. Shout out Marcelo. He's 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 where's he from? Sao Sao Paulo in oh, Brazil. Yeah, you know what? I think I kind of know Marcel too. He he engages a lot with yeah. our content. You know, I'm more of a Ronaldinho. You know what I'm saying? I don't I, I, oh, I, wow. I don't really know what that means. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you have probably the most skilled set of moves ever, but you also kind of look like a horse. Yeah, so no, it's I, a weird trade off. I, I look like Gollum. Um, but yeah. sh- shouts to the uh, Brazilian goalie who gave up like seven goals in the World Cup. Oh yeah, in Brazil. <laughs> oh, who was that? I think Man. was was he on TFC? Because I know TFC oh, had yeah, a Brazilian yeah, yeah, yeah. goalie. That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, I but forgot my, his name yeah. though. That was unfortunate. Because but you know what? There's not a long history of Brazilian keepers being really good, but now they got some good options like uh, like Man City's keeper and also Liverpool's keeper are Brazilian. So I'll never forget the shots of the fans just them crying oh like, man. like i know i'm not supposed to laugh at it but come on man it was it was like gut-wrenching but also like hilarious nah if you're losing 7-1 you deserve all this slander man especially for a team like brazil like come on yeah. what's his name fat ronaldo's rolling over in his bed right now no nah, man it would have been different with cafu uh running down the wing right is that it, is that it would have been yeah instead of the fraud marcelo all right oh wow okay yeah this is what people tune in for man uh anyways um, every podcast with you is a cultural event now, apparently. So today we're going to do dim sum. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, we're going to do dim sum. You're right. But let me just address this. All right. So way back when in like 2015, 2016, I got you on my old pod to uh, talk about Asian things. And then by like the third episode, you were like, yo, respect me as a full human. Like I know more. Of, I'm, I'm more than I have more to offer the world than just being Asian. And now, three years later, <laughs> you're doing the same shit to me, man. Uh, excuse me. Do we, we not do a whole podcast on Hitch, bro? Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. This, right. this is like Cash accusing me because I wanted to talk about The Sopranos. Like, like, what did Cash want? Like, he really wanted me to break down the Joy Luck Club with him. Like, like yeah, people I mean, have we... their strengths, man. Like, what do you want me to talk to you about? Like, best um, uh, Wait, Frankie but, uh, Tomatoes is, is... items? Is Cash the uh, white husband on Joy Luck Club? <laughs> Yo, come on, man. <laughs> now, now that I know he listens occasionally, I, I don't want to. I can't slide your Cash. I shout out my guy, Cash, man. Yo, how, how, how come you didn't ask Cash about the uh, all-time score of C starting seven? Because I wanted to hear Cash put himself at striker. Oh, next yeah, you to know, I, John Luca and, and Gelati. I, I, I realized that after. I, I copy and pasted all your questions, and I forgot to paste that one. Wow. In, into the notes so but don't worry we'll we'll check in with him i guess my podcast is really monday night raw now it's kind of crazy um so dim sum yeah what's up man uh did you do any research for this or are we just reading off my notes uh well i mean i was gonna do some research but then when i my mentions have just been blowing up for like three days straight of people randomly coming in with like cantonese terms that quite honestly i don't even understand so I figured there's enough research here. We can really address most of the concerns here. And I'll just chip in with, uh, you know, 
wherever. Yeah, you just kafu uh, in the corner. So uh, someone actually asked, uh, can we even take Will's opinion on dim sum seriously because he's from mainland China? I actually hmm. don't know why they would even say that. Um, I was going to defend on. Was your... it an Asian person that said that? Or... Yeah, and he oh, might have okay, been. Fair. He might have been joking. So um, I was going to defend your honor, but uh, you know, you can defend it yourself. You're a grown man. Well, I mean, I think that's a fair question. I, I don't even take that as slander because, you know, in the mainland, there is not dim sum. Like, there is street eats. There's, like, uh, snack size kind of food. And, like, there's obviously – because, like, the word dim sum, it, it means, like, like snacks, essentially. Like, uh, tapas, essentially. Um, uh, so, yeah, like, there aren't dim sum in, like, the rest of China. I mean, maybe there is now. I haven't been to China in, in, a, in a while and – when I was growing up in China, though, like we weren't eating dim sum when we went to the restaurant. So um, that's fair. Like I even called my parents yesterday for like two hours of FaceTime, whatever. Uh, every time you call your parents, it's two hours. Um, but yeah, I, I called them and I asked them about like, you know, their dim sum eating experiences. And they're like, yeah, honestly, like we're from the north. Um, so we didn't even have dim sum until we came to Canada. So like, I, I think that's even completely fair. I, that just, I think that just speaks to the history of dim sum. Like it's really uniquely a Cantonese invention yeah to be honest i hadn't really thought about that so so when your parents were hole punching your pants you weren't eating dim sum growing up <laughs> no i wasn't i wasn't i mean you you eat small things like all there's like different types of street eats and small items that you eat everywhere and these like snack type of items but um yeah in the north and stuff they didn't even, they didn't have this like my dad he grew up kind of like um close to hangzhou which is kind of close to shanghai and like even there, even though that's kind of already kind of like the south of the country, technically, like, he wasn't eating it there either. So, yeah, no, I was just, uh, I don't know, eating northern food, like noodles and shit. So, but dim sum is like part of your life now, though. Yeah, of course. No, and we ate, we ate dim sum like quite often here when we came to Canada, but we just didn't eat it in the mainland, so. Yeah, so let's get into it. You know, we had a lot of people submit their hall of fame items and also overrated and underrated and honestly i just want to start off you know for me the top three the holy trinity is the hagao siumai and the chicken feet and it those three items were like the most polarizing as i was going through the responses especially chicken feet and we can definitely get into that but you know when i sit down at dim sum to order like those are the automatic three things that i'm going to tick off right away i don't know what your your approach is when you go for dim sum yeah i mean kind of yeah pretty much the same for you uh, for me i mean the one thing out of those three like that is a must for me is the chicken feet just cuz i feel like i don't know man it's just like something you do that you t- to check that you're still real like the day I stop ordering chicken feet automatically is the day I, like, I, I've given up my Asian status to me. Um, just because I feel like my dad used to always relish eating these like weird things in front of the family. And um, like his go-to, would, his top three would be like chicken feet, uh, like stomach, pig stomach or like beef stomach. And, you know, some some other weird shit. But like, yeah, he would that that was always his thing. So I kind of took that from him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, man. It, it's one of those things where if, if you're going to go to dim sum and you want all the other items, that's fine. But I, I, I feel like it's kind of not dim sum without some of these pillars. Right. It's like watching the Spurs now with just Patty Mills there instead of Manu, Tim Duncan and, and Tony Parker. It just doesn't feel like the Spurs. Like they still say Spurs on the chest. Greg Popovich just still on the sideline and, and scowling, but it's it's not the same. So 
you know, I, I would say those three are, yeah, the, the core three. Yeah, some, someone said that the Haga and Siumai are like Jordan and Pippen, which I agree with. And I think that makes Chicken Feet Rodman because Chicken Feet is honestly really polarizing. Like you either it's love weird. it like we do or you, you hate it. Like you're not in between about it. I think people just have a problem with the texture. Well, I think people have a problem with the fact that it's feet. And, and also just like for some people spitting out the bones and like chewing on it is like a chore to them. Yeah, I mean, I get that. Look, it's not necessarily the easiest thing to eat or whatever. To me, honestly, when I take other people to dim sum, especially non-Chinese people, I definitely just get chicken feet in part because I want to see if they'll eat it. It's kind of like a like a test. You know what I mean? Just want to see like how, how much are, are you about it. And it's not like if you fail, like you're, you're some sort of fraud. It's just like um, if you're willing to eat chicken feet, I kind of respect you a lot more. Like shout out cash, you know. This guy yeah, really went straight for the chicken feet. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, shout outs to the uh, tentacle king, Joseph <laughs> Cacharo. So someone did write in and talk about like bringing non-Asians to dim sum. And they said that it was the closest they got to feeling like a high roller. Basically like me gambling, uh, playing poker at CNE at 3 in the morning. Um, because the thing about dim sum that I think maybe people don't realize, and actually we'll get into this because Asian parents still think that dim sum is kind of expensive uh, in, in certain ways. But like for us, I mean, dim sum is like a really cheap meal. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I mean, first off, there's a problem. I always have a problem with like, Chinese food in particular, but like Asian food always being cheaper than like European food. Like I just, I don't understand. Like I don't understand how you can get a bowl of noodles for like $5, but like there's no like physical way you can get $5 pasta unless you're going to Chef Boyardee. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it, the actual I, factory. <laughs> it just, I just, I don't like it, man. It's something about it. Do, it's do just you like, feel like I, we're I like selling it. ourselves short? It's partially that we're selling ourselves short, but it's also kind of the system where it's, people just kind of expect Asian food to be cheap. That's kind of fucked up to me, man. Like, no, I, I should, that should, that's not the value that we bring. Like, we bring value because the food is delicious. And, I, you know, like, I don't know. People price it a certain way because they need to um, do everything in their power to compete. And that's kind of the background they come from. But at the same time, I, I wish there wasn't that expectation, you know. Yeah, you know, you're bringing some real uh, insight and, and topics today. I honestly just wanted to go through food items because I'm really hungry. But, yeah. um, you know, I can switch up. No, I think um, it's true. Like when you read a lot of like Yelp reviews or food reviews from like non-Asians, um, it's it's always either about like obviously the cleanliness of the place, the, uh, mm -hmm. the service, because people are usually rude to them. And they'll always mention the price point, right? Like it's always mm -hmm. like, oh, this is so cheap. And you're right. It, it does kind of like it does come off a little bit degrading. Well, yeah, like, cause I, I don't think you have this expectation of food being cheap elsewhere. And it's, it's sometimes where it's almost the opposite effect. When you, when you see the food being more uh, highly priced, you kind of expect it to be, you, you automatically assume that what you're eating is a higher product. And I just don't think that's true, but it's just kind of fucked up to me. That's all, you know? Um, but, I mean, is dim sum cheap? I mean, yeah, of course it's cheap, man. Like, you're eating, like, you know, small items. And you have to eat a variety of items. I feel like that's one of the appeals of dim sum, too. It's just, like, um, like if you go to, like, a, if you're not eating dim sum, right? Like, you're, you're, you're going to eat at a restaurant. You're not going to be able to order, like, five dishes. Because, A, you're going to have way too much food. And, and B, it's going to be too expensive. Whereas with dim sum, because it's smaller, because it's top of style, um, 
you know, you got a you got a greater variety. So I kind of enjoy that too, just because it's it's a very unique like dining experience. And I think from my perspective, maybe cheap was the wrong word to use, but I I do feel like with the Chinese bakery too, and with dim sum, I just feel like I'm getting such a great deal. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, I, I obviously value these items probably more than other people. And someone did write in and also say that like they hate bringing people to dim sum for the first time. Cause I'm sure, you know, like friends who are always like, yo, take me to dim sum. Like I want to try dim sum. Like this is like crazy novelty. And then mm-hmm. when they get there, they don't want to eat half the things on the menu. Like, yeah. listen, man, I understand like allergies and, and like diets and like certain things, but like, I don't care, man. Like, like if you if you want to come to dim sum, <laughs> I love how I'm like, yo, you got to be willing to die for this. Oh, Are you shit. willing to die for these rice noodle rolls? Um, but if you go to dim sum, like you cannot be picky with the menu. Like it's the last place where you can be like, I, I don't eat like 11 of these things. I just find that so off putting. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like if you go on vacation and all you're eating is like, you know, like McDonald's and American fast food. It's like, why are you going to something a, a different place and then being closed minded about the whole thing? Right. Like if you try it and you don't like it, like, of course, you don't need to eat it at that point. But like, you know, don't be like, oh, that looks weird. That looks gross. I can't have that. Like, you know why you came. You you came to have uh, weird, soupy, you know, gelatinous items that, you know, you don't really know what animal they're from. Yeah, do you think it's fair, though, for people, and, and, you know, I know a lot of these people are non-Asian, like, for people to try dim sum for the first time and need to know exactly what everything is? Like, do do you feel like we have to describe it to them? Well, I mean, if you go on vacation and you're walking around the city and asking some all these questions and stuff like that, uh, you pay that person because they're a city guide. You don't, if you're going to go, if I want to go with you as a friend to go and I'm going to order a couple of things for you because you don't really have a familiarity with everything. If you're asking me about every single item, I'm like, yo, come on, man. I'm just trying to eat. Like, just just shut up and eat it. Like, you know, be like, oh, what's that? And uh, it's, I don't know. It's not I'm against it. I'm just saying, like, I don't want to do all the work for you, man. Just, I don't know. Just try it. Look at the menu. Like, there's there's English on it anyway, you know? Yeah. No, all I'm saying is, like, if you go to dim sum, you got to be willing to die for this. Like, I, Okay. I, I, I'm just saying you got to be willing to eat chicken feet. But, I mean, you could you could... Set the bar oh, higher. Oh, okay, so so you're you're separating yourself from this narrative. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny when we talked about like the affordability of dim sum and things like that. For me, you know, my parents have always been like really strict when it comes to ordering at dim sum off the menu because you, you know the way they like size the different items. You'll have your small, medium, large, and you know for for the longest time, like growing up, they would just frown upon getting any like large items. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then there's items that are like classified as special for like no reason, like mango pudding. Um, and like those ones are like overpriced and they would cut those off too. Um, I'm wondering if you had those same issues. Um, I think the go-to places that we had weren't the ones that you order off the menu. They're, one, they're the ones where the cards come around and then they stamp the card. And quite honestly, when I went with my parents, I didn't end up ordering a lot of stuff because my parents would just do it. Like first off, there's a whole etiquette with um, the cards being pushed around and stuff like that, like generally speaking, the person who's most knowledgeable or the one who's going to do the ordering for you is going to sit on the outside, like closer to the aisle so that, you know, you, they can be closer and they can flag things down. And like for me as a kid, like I would, I would just eat whatever my parents ordered. So I didn't actually have this problem. I mean, I, obviously I know what it is now because I've been to other, in some places without my parents, but I don't know, man. Also, like the prices are like three, four, and five dollars. Like it's not that different. Like, why are you so against spending five dollars instead of three? 
Yo, you don't Sometimes understand. Sometimes we're too man. cheap for our own good, to be honest. No, we are, man. My my dad is like so frugal. It's wild, man. I'm pretty sure I drank no name cola my entire like childhood. <laughs> like, <laughs> while while pre- you're living in a mansion in, in Markham? <laughs> Yo, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense, man. Like uh-huh. yeah, we had three rooms that we didn't use and we probably just piled PC cola in there from Costco. Like, I don't know, man. Um, it's a mentality also- though. Like that's the thing. If you came from a background where you didn't have a lot given to you and you had to really go out and earn everything, then for the rest of your life, no matter how much you have, you're still going to be hustling in that same way. So, Yeah, it's that, but at the same time, like you need a big house or a nice car just for the mm-hmm. status as well. Like, like it's like kind of two things at once. I, I mean, like, you know how, you know, there will be like, um, like times at dim sum when, when items are cheaper and things like that. Like if we get there at one thirty, and, you know, the discounts aren't on until two, like we sat there for half an hour. And just pour tea to each other and wouldn't put in our order till two. Um, wow, I love how I'm wow. just flaming, flaming my parents right now. Um, wow. You mentioned the push carts and they're definitely old school and they've been phased out, I think, in a lot of the newer places now where you just take off the menu. Uh, push cart strategy is definitely a thing. You know, um, a few people asked, like, you know, if I don't speak Chinese, like, how do I flag the push carts down? First of all, I'm sorry, bro. Sorry, you got to feel like a minority, um, you know? <laughs> Well, you know, uh, honestly, even as a mainlander, like I don't understand Canton I don't under, I don't understand any Cantonese. So like even for me, I'm like, I know what they're pushing around because I've been at them some and I recognize the items. But when they're speaking, I'm like, I don't fully get it either. It just sounds like extremely heavily accented Mandarin to me, in a way. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, even I feel that way. So but you just gotta get over that. Like, whatever. It's a risk too, you know? Sometimes yeah. you end up accidentally ordering an item that you love and you overcome some of your biases, which is part of the edu- uh, part of the experience. Yeah. Um, man, sorry to laugh at the non-Asian struggles, but it's all I've got right now in this world. Um, but yeah, the, the answer to the question is like, you don't, f- you don't wait for them to come. Like you have to go find them. And, and usually, you know, what my uncles y- used to do is they would make sure they get a seat right by the kitchen so um Yo, the that's first so ones, aggressive <laughs> yeah so the, so the first ones to get access to the cards okay because sometimes okay. you're waiting for like very specific items right like mm-hmm. you know the chicken feed or the rice noodle rolls and stuff and you could go an hour without getting it and yeah, like they true. would just go they would just go and hand them the card and just have them stamp it like eight times and just get like every single item um like you can't like it's not a situation. No, you, where just, you guys just need to go to one of those some <laughs> places without cards. Then what's wrong with you, man? No, I think that was the era when it was just like pure cards. Eight items. Um, but like okay. you, you can't finesse the situation. Like you, you really have to get after it and just be aggressive. And like Will said, um, you can't be asking the cart lady to like tell you what every single item is. No, no. First like, off, like, they're not speaking English. Yeah, like, most they're likely not, they're not. They're not speaking English, and like they'll open them for you and show mm-hmm. you but you, you cannot be wasting their time nah. like that hold just on, take hold a, on just take a risk all right go on hold on there is there is a there is it is a game too you know what i mean because if you ask them what it is they're probably going to put it on the table and pretend like you're not you're like they didn't understand that you asked them and you ordered it instead and they'll just try to push it on you sometimes so you <laughs> you do have to be careful about it but um here's the thing though you have to understand like chinese manners are different than other manners <laughs> like you're supposed to be willing to push back like uh in chinese manners i would say like uh ordering something like any sort of um interact any sort of financial transaction um is sort of a battle <laughs> like, 
I'm not saying go in there and haggle, although definitely haggling is definitely very big in our culture. But, you know, there's just like a, a pushiness and you just have to be like ready and willing to accept the fact that they're they're pushy and you're you're allowed to push back too. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, first off, the, the I I didn't like, like, I get it. If you're waiting for a long time, this is the last item you want to eat before you go, go flag them down. It's fine. But like, for me, like kind of the experience of, uh, part of the experience and the appeal of dim sum is like, it forces you to kind of wait, you know, you get to wait, you get to eat slowly throughout the meal. There's a lot more talking and, and conversation going on. And I appreciate that too, because, um, it's just a reminder to slow down and yeah, like I'm, you're never going to go to dim sum for a quick meal and then leave. Like you're there with friends, you're there with family, you're there for brunch. Most likely you're probably sitting there for three hours and people waiting outside are probably giving you glares while you're waiting for Gylon and then like, you know, uh, whatever, but you tell them to fuck off and you, you, you speak to your friends and, and you wait your turn, you know, it's uh it's a, it's a different way of living. I enjoy that pace of life. Yeah. I miss that like collective sound of, of just everyone in, in the room talking. Like there's just, a, there's just a lot of things like, like the OGs just reading the newspapers and the yeah, kids yeah. are, the kids are all playing their video games um and like you said it's a great social setting and honestly those car ladies are a little slick too man like like if they see that they can get you like they'll sell you those like oh, spring rolls or whatever trash items for like five dollars <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's it's always i feel bad too because i wonder if there's a hierarchy of ladies because like there's some items you could push the cart around and it'll sell itself like if you're gonna push around a cart of hargal then like yeah you don't have to do much selling okay people are gonna want to take that you're gonna come back to the kitchen empty-handed but if you're pushing around like, um, what's that like stuffed crab le- claws, you know, with that red sauce, like that's oh, tough. Yeah. Or, that's, or, that like, or, or even pedal, like man. kanji sometimes, like like those yeah, different yeah. kinds of items that maybe people aren't exactly looking for. But mm-hmm. yeah, you, you're right, man. Some, some some of them are slick enough to know like to push it on the non-Asians. Oh um, yeah, definitely. Basically just slap like a little mayo on the side. To, of like any shrimp or spring roll dish and uh you know the the white people will come sniffing for it man wow wow we get well you can't why are you giving away our secrets man come on <laughs> wow this why are you betraying our people man? Please. Wow, this is like industry secrets you're gonna get yeah. one star reviews from no 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 come all, on guys if they're suggesting it to you that means you should order it uh probably order two of them take some home just be open-minded and just be willing to die for this man that's all i'm saying um okay all right so it's dim sum uh, relax it's not fear yeah. factor dog <laughs> no, why are you turn into how hungry are you <laughs> yo because i was browsing uber eats before we started and like for four pieces of hog it's like eight dollars is the market price right now and that's really hurting me my 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 dad would legit disown me if he found out that i ordered that which i am not ordering um okay a- another listener question uh is there any item dim sum item that you like now but you disliked earlier in life or the other way around, like maybe a dish that you came around on. I mean, I feel like turnip cake. Definitely, like when I was younger, I didn't like it. My mom loves turnip; it's one of her favorite things. Um, and it's like, it's, yeah, like she. I don't even think. First off, I don't even think it's turnip. I think it's like white carrot. Um, but yeah, like it's one of the things that she liked, but I didn't like the smell of it. And back then I was really against like things that smelled. So like didn't eat a lot of seafood because of the the, the, the smell. And now I love seafood. Like I, even if I'm not cooking seafood, I put fish sauce in so many things that I'm cooking. But um, 
um, yeah, I would say turnip cake for me is something I came back around on. To be honest, I haven't really lost any taste in any of the other dim sum items. So really, it's just like as I've gone older, I've become more open to things. So yeah, turnip cake has definitely made a comeback for me because it, it is pretty good. What about you? Yeah, turnip turnip cake is an interesting one. Um, I, I think I didn't like it before, but uh, I'll get into kind of the mustard and hot sauce that you can get too. And I feel like that's such a power up at dim sum like any item that i didn't like i would just slap a bunch of sauce on it mm. and it would just change the equation for me one that i've really come to dislike and my parents would always use to order and it was such a staple are the beef balls with the with cilantro i guess they, they throw a little bit of stuff in there um i just think those are trash i don't even think i've ever ordered this yeah so it's it's, it's like um, a meatball yeah, it's basically a meatball, but it's got a little cilantro, and I think they give you like a vinegar type sauce. Mm. Um, it's considered like one of the pillars, I think, at least for some people. But I, I mean, a whole separate conversation is on cilantro. Like, I I I hate cilantro. Like, I can't have cilantro okay. in my kanji, um, in anything. Yeah. Okay, I, I mean, I don't like cilantro on kanji either. But come on, man, cilantro's good, man. No, I'm gonna. Are you are you a hard parsley person? Like, what are you what are you doing? No, like parsley? Just, yeah, parsley's fine, but like um like the smell of cilantro is just is too strong for me. But it's flagrant. It's it's uh it's it's fragrant, you know? That's the point. It's... Yeah, I don't know, man. That's where Okay. That's where I draw the line. Um Well, this in Hong Kong? <laughs> yikes. Um John wants to know is ordering mango pudding okay? What kind of question is this, John? Um, no, but <laughs> yeah, John, do what you want, man. <laughs> This is Yo, like... is ordering four hundred dollars a clothes okay? Like, oh wow, is uh, is owning uh four properties uh on the same block okay? Um, yeah, oh, wow, is, is being a slumlord uh during the pandemic okay? No, I'm just kidding, John. Oh, um, oh, no, 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 shout outs, John. Um, no, but shout you know out. what? I think this gets to, uh, like dessert is a heavy, it's like a hard cutoff for a lot of people. Like my parents wouldn't let me order dessert. Um, yeah, we we were only there for the savory stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, but John, you know, do do what you want, bro. Do what bro, you want. It, if you're a wealthy, if you're if, if you're a wealthy Chinese person, like that's a flex, man. Go get that mango pudding. Yeah, get two, man. Um, bring your bring your own uh bring your own milk. Um, <laughs> someone okay. someone also wanted to shout out the tablecloths. They were like shout outs to the tablecloths that are basically like fifty layers of white garbage bags. A uh, very yeah. apt description. Uh, environmentally wasteful as fuck, but ruthlessly efficient, which uh, honestly describes uh, Chinese people. Yeah, listen, we're uh, we're we're still going through the struggle right now, so you know, allow us, please. I'm sure this is what Britain was like during the Industrial Revolution in the 1800s or the 1600s. So, you know, goodness, that's, my, that's to... my excuse. That's my excuse for how much we use plastic bags. It's kind of gross. I. It's one of the things I dislike about Asia is, come on, man. You don't need to put everything in plastic. This is ridiculous. Like, yo, when you're getting individual plums and shit in plastic, I, 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 why? Yeah, we are we are very wasteful with that stuff. Yeah. Why haven't people come after us for this? Uh, people just don't care about us enough to, 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 yeah, they just don't care enough about us, so. Yeah, and also from the same commenter, um, he, he wanted to shout out the Lazy Susan as well. Um, mm called it an ingenious invention and he always thought it was a subtle dig at colonialism um and said that lazy susan is a pre-internet karen meme honestly the the lazy susan is <laughs> that's a pretty wild good. it's a wild invention yeah i mean 
Well, I mean, first off, I think it actually, I don't have anything against it. I think it's actually kind of cool. Um, you know, it, it really kind of encourages sort of uh, sitting down at a very large table. Like, first off, you're not, you don't need a Lazy Susan if you're going with four people. But you probably do need it if you're going with 14 people, right? And the table's really big. So it's really about big gatherings. And I feel like that's probably factored into a reason why it was invented, um, you know, just for, for big gatherings. But, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it works nicely with Chinese food because the idea isn't to serve yourself and, like, have an empty plate and then load that plate and then eat off your own plate. The goal is really to be social, eat bit by bit, eat slowly and, you know, have a bit of everything, you know, use chopsticks, like grab it out of the main, you know, central uh, plate or whatever. So. I kind of it kind of encourages social eating, which I, I really enjoy. So, yeah. Also, to non Asians, if you go to dim sum, just try using a chopstick, but don't turn it into like a gimmick. Like, there's there's certain people who are get too excited when they have a chance to try try chopsticks for the first time. They're just there to eat food, and honestly, like, it, you know. It's funny to us when you fail. That's all. <laughs> that's, that's, part, that's partly why I want to see it happen. <laughs> oh man! Wow, that's uh that's the most evil laugh since uh, MJ watched Gary Payton's interview. Um, we are going to get into the Hall of Fame items. So before I read off some of the most common responses from people who wrote in and my own picks, do you have any specific dim sum Hall of Fame items for yourself personally? Yeah, I would say, you know, actually kanji. I would really say kanji just because I think when I was younger, I liked kanji. But now I really, really can't go without getting kanji. So that one's really made it up the rankings for me. Um, just really enjoy a, a, a bit of kanji. Just sort of like washing everything down. You know, it's kind of nice to have like a central base item where, you know, you could put that in there if you want to like, you know, take a little flavor off or whatever. But uh, yeah, I really enjoy the kanji now. Um, and then... I would just say chicken feet is is the is the Hall of Fame one for me. Like that's that's first ballot Hall of Fame. Like that chicken feet more than anything else represents dim sum for me. Like when I'm going to get dim sum, that's the first one I order. Yeah. So some of the most common responses we got was the sticky rice in the okay. lotus leaf, yeah. which yeah. yeah I mess with, but I think I I associate that more with my mom just giving me like a bag of twenty of them for my freezer. Um, oh, tons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great, man. That's for yeah. the festival. There's a whole history behind it. You know? So I, 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 and there's probably a reason why it was so commonly listed. Um, people really like a lot of the different rice noodle rolls. To be honest, I'm not a huge fan of them. Uh, you know, the shrimp rice noodle roll and the beef rice noodle roll. Um, if I had to pick, I'd go with the shrimp. Yeah, definitely. Um, but. You know, just drench it in soy sauce and uh, have a great Saturday afternoon. Um, tripe was commonly mentioned as well. I feel like Shut tripe up. is a little bit slept on. Like, it just it kind of flies it's, under the radar. It's really flavorful. Like, the fact that the tripe has little, like, um, holes and sort of, like, texture to it, it's able to, like, cling on to more flavor and, and more, like, of the juice. So, I definitely enjoy tripe. It's really good. You can have yeah. tripe in any flavor, though. It's really easy. You just boil it and then you put some sauce over it. It's... No, tripe is uh, tripe is really versatile. Yeah, I'm with you. The chicken feet is definitely Hall of Fame for me. Mm -hmm. um, like I mentioned, the hagao and the siumai. And the, the hot sauce and mustard, man, for dipping. Crazy mm -hmm. essential 
for the dim sum experience. Highly recommend it. So in the underrated category, we have a huge list. So okay, radish cake, the turnip cakes, mm-hmm. spare ribs with black bean sauce, which is like that's, a how's that underrated? That's like I a feel hit like or people miss. People get that too. Yeah, yeah. It it, it sometimes it has, it's a little too fatty. Um, people also shouted out the uh, mini egg tarts. Um, okay. Which they said was better than the Chinese bakery egg tarts. Wow, we're just beefing across different podcasts no, now. I think that's fair though. That's fair because they're they're made a little bit more recently. Well, you know well, I mean? that's the thing. I think that's why dim sum has the advantage because they're bringing that out fresh, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're not like you going there at eight p.m. to <laughs> pair with the chicken buns. Yeah, you um, know they're closed by eight p.m. Man, they're there yeah. from like six a.m. So there's no way they're open till eight. Yeah. So braised beef tendon. Um, fried okay. squid tentacles. Uh, this was not from Joseph Cacharo, just to be really? clear. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, They're not bad. Like that's the thing. I I, don't, I, I didn't want to. You know, I I, I never want to slander cash, but uh, no, they're not bad. They're just not top three, man. This is what's fried tentacle squid tentacles like equivalent in the NBA? They'd be like saying CJ McCollum's not like one of the top three players in the NBA. Like, no, it's not. It, CJ's not bad. He's a good player. He's fine. But come on, not top three, bro. Yeah, it's like saying like uh, prime John Salmons was a problem. Um, Daniel Reynolds said red bean buns. Not really something I go for when I'm at dim sum, but you know, shout outs. Yo, shout outs to Reynolds. I saw someone saying one of the replies said uh, red bean trash, and it was a white guy. And I was, I, I, you know, it's fine. I, I, I don't know why I was offended by that. (laughs) We're so like, yo, yo, we're so angry today. The the bakery <laughs> one was a lot better, man. Today I feel like we have a lot no, of gripes. No, it's fine. It's fine. It'd be like if I just said pasta's trash, you know, like. Oh man, my podcast is really gonna be at a two point five rating after this. This is tough. Um, uh, the rice noodle wrapped fry dough, Dalen. Um, oh yeah, really good one. That's a fuck really good that. one. Definitely fuck with that. Um, that is heavy. There's a. The gluttonous rice dumplings. I I, I should have looked up some of these in Chinese because because the English is just hard to yeah, distinguish. It's, it's the it's the clear dumpling wrapper with like yeah, that's a fire know. one, man. That's yeah. A really I mean, good one. first off, who who decided that we were just gonna call everything gluttonous rice? That doesn't invoke any uh, good feelings or like <laughs> it doesn't really tickle the imagination when yeah, you brand it's like, it it's as like our parents just call rice. our parents just call us fat and then they're like yo eat this eat this yeah. glutinous rice <laughs> you like, like all right it sounds <laughs> terrible like i don't know man food advertising like they would not call anything glutinous um yeah, yeah it's like sticky kind of rice right yeah that's a fire item though that was a good call who, who, mm-hmm. whoever wrote that in um some of the underrated items for me I think it's uh, I had tripe on this, um, you know, for all the okay. reasons that we had mentioned, and, and like any type of like tendons, stomach, mm-hmm. like chicken knuckles, like whatever, like whatever it is, like um, all of that stuff that you can just chew on. I love the texture of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like all I want at the end of dim sum is for my entire table to just be filled with bones. Exactly. You know? exactly like, this is why like, i fuck with you alex this yeah, is why i fuck with you all right that's the, you're uh, leaving dim sum without like fucking like a, a graveyard of bones <laughs> i judge you okay? yo, uh, that's what i'm telling you man yo this yeah. dim something like you you got to be willing to die for it and yeah. i'm not gonna lie a lot of the curry items like the curry octopus like i don't want to get put in the you know on the joseph Cacharo probation list but mm. I, I mess with the octopus a lot and just any like curry flavored stuff i'm like very down with like even the fish balls and things like that 
Yeah, I can't go. I can't go with you that far on fish balls. Fish balls to me taste weird, but you know. Do you have any items, maybe from what I just mentioned, or you know, on your own, that you consider to be underrated? Um. Okay, so I don't know if you can get them a lot of different places because I really only had them at Rolson. But there's like this like egg custard. Um, so it's weird. So it's it's kind of like a sesame ball, you know, like that kind of like fried outside texture. It's kind of crispy, but there's no sesame on the outside. Um, there's just kind of like like, like that fried kind of dough kind of situation. But inside there's like um, like sweet like butter custard and that, oh I know what you're talking that about is so yeah good, there's a filling on the inside right yeah it's like it's such a nice item like I know I know I just clowned uh, John for being a class trader by uh, ordering um, mango pudding but yeah I mean you can get some sweets at, at them some and then that's the one I'd, I'd go for but the yeah. thing is I really have only seen that at um, at Rolson because it's not I'm not talking about the custard buns because I don't want the bun I want the crispy outside. No, I know, I know, what you're, I know what you're talking about. Um, I, kind I of reminds like... you of like cracking an egg. You know what I mean? It's like an egg kind of reconstituted, like the hard outside, but then the soft inside. It, it, it melts together perfectly. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good item, man. I, I'm craving that like heavy right now. Um, yeah, certain places have like different, just like specialties. Like you'll you'll obviously have your pillars, but you know, a, a lot of people who wrote in just mentioned items from like very specific places like Rolson, which I respect too. Like we were talking about last time with the Chinese bakery. Like I feel like even though like dim sum and like the bakery are just mm. so solid and so entrenched, like there's still room to be creative, but I know you're not down with the fusion. You don't want no avocado on your hot gallery. No, no, I, I don't No, No, listen, uh, as much as, as much as, you know, um, so much about, like, first off, the history of the dim sum, I think, does come a lot from, you know, um, the, the the fact that it, it took place in Canton, it took place in Hong Kong, and, like, you know, that was, people from Hong Kong have moved all across the world, and, like, you know, because of, obviously, British colonial rule and stuff like that, so there's a lot of Chinese people in the UK because of that, there's a lot of Chinese people in in uh, in, in China or in Canada and America because of this, and I guess in Australia as well. A lot of the English-speaking countries, um, and that sort of helped proliferate the popularity of, of dim sum. But at the same time, I, I don't want to see these combinations. It just doesn't make sense to me, man. Like it's such a unique thing, and I think when it gets watered down, it, it kind of ruins it ruins the experience for me. Like I come for a very specific experience, and maybe that's a little fucked up, but um, I don't know. I, I think there is a specific appeal to to being really authentic and also I'm, I'm actually i'm thinking about it now so one thing we haven't talked about yet is is okay so is soup dumpling like a dim sum item or is this sort of like a fringe one where it's you know it's too much of its own thing to to be a dim sum item because i feel like soup dumplings are elite but they are you know. elite but i feel like that's a completely different conversation okay that's fair that's i, I fair. feel like that's a that's a whole separate category like that they definitely serve it at different places at dim sum but i don't view it as like part of like the core dim sum like list right mm. okay that's fair um overrated you know there wasn't as much of disparity in the responses it was honestly a lot of people said chicken feet hagao and siomai were overrated for all types of different reasons um tripe made the list too as someone said that there's no no such thing as overrated dim sum items because it's dim sum and everything is great and you know what i'm here for that attitude but if i had to nominate one i would go with the beef balls like i mentioned earlier i just think they're big trash 
I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I must have had the fortune of never having these these beef balls because, you know, I don't really even know what you're talking about. But, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of, I mean, I could see people not liking chicken feet. I don't think it's, like, overrated, though. It's not like people are, like, dying and swearing by chicken feet. Everyone who has chicken feet and even likes chicken feet, like myself, like, I can admit that it's weird. It's not for everybody. That's fine. Um, so I, I, I'd say overrated is not the right word for that. Like, if you want to say Hargau or Shumai is, you know, overrated, it, it's rude, but I can entertain it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I maybe I don't get Shumai every single time. Maybe I'll get, try a different dumpling. Like, Hargau for me is, I, I got to get that. But I don't know. Shumai sometimes is, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of agree. Like, it, to be honest, everything at Dim Sum is pretty good. Like, it really can't really go wrong with something. Like, to be honest, one of the most overrated things at Dim Sum is when you get just, like, that boiled um, gylon with, like, a little bit of, uh, like, garlic. Like, I'm not against it by any means. It's just I feel like it's for people who you've eaten all these, like, fatty things and these delicious things and these salty things. And you're like, man, I should really do something healthy. And then you order gylon because like no one's there for the gylon man and it's not even prepared in a way that's like you know anything fancy happened to it they've really just like steam boiled it and then i added some soy sauce and and some garlic on top of it so yeah that one maybe i'm going with gylon as my most overrated yeah i i think that's fair controversial but whatever john's gonna get mad at me because we literally made shirts of it um i I just dm'd you the the beef balls in case you want to take a look um okay all right the yeah, it's got so many pictures I'm, of balls. I'm I'm with you. Oh, these. I'm, I'm with you yeah. on the I'm with you on the vegetable thing. It's like um, and and also like the vegetables are so overpriced when you're out, um, mm-hmm. that you know again I I keep going back to like my my parents just put a lot of barriers up at, at dim sum when we were young, so um that there that would definitely fell into like category of items that we never tried. Yeah, so you saw the beef balls. You've never you don't really eat those, right? I mean, these are, they're fine, but yeah, they're not my go-to item, really. They're just kind of like a meatball. Yeah, I think I ate them a lot because they're like my mom's favorite. Yeah, do you think Danny Green should have used these in his commercial? Goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, yikes. Um, yeah, you should check out Danny Green's uh, partnership with Manscaped. Yeah. Um yeah anyways yeah wow i'm speechless well i don't i don't really have anything else to add should we just go into the awards yeah let's do it man let's do it uh so let's hear your three stars yeah so obviously i got chicken feet number one it's not even close for me uh like i mentioned this is the one that i most i I associate with them some controversial number two i'm going with uh a kanji like i just really really enjoy kanji in the morning like it was probably the number one food at my house because my parents are like because the way kanji is made is like, okay, so you have a rice cooker, you make you made food the day before, and there's some leftover rice, and then you just like kind of add more water, you cook it a little longer, and then you throw whatever leftovers go into that. And that's usually, at least for me, my experience, that's, that's how kanji is made. So it's so it's so fundamentally a breakfast food for me that I definitely like to get it. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say necessarily it's the most delicious item. I wouldn't suggest everyone else to go get kanji as number two, but for me, I'm getting kanji. And then the third item, um, third item is tough. I probably go with the shrimp rolls. I really do enjoy the shrimp rolls, and I don't really get them. You know, I eat tons of Chinese food, and I just like I don't get them uh, otherwise. So, going with shrimp rolls number three. Yeah, I like that. You know, the kanji is 
a really good call too. My favorite kanji is the the peidan saoyeokjuk, like pork and the what do you call it? Century egg? Is that what they call it? Yes. In, in, in century English? egg. Yeah. It's a tea. Um, it's an egg that's like been steeped in tea essentially. Um, also the duck egg. I fuck with the duck egg. Oh yeah, the duck egg is crazy too. Century, uh, yeah. Century yeah. egg again, another all time item, like just name wise. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, perfect. Like, come on like it's crazy this is like this is like remember when people found out all the all the nicknames the nba nicknames that chinese people mm-hmm. give to nba players yeah we were calling uh antenna kumbo letters bro <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh, excellent just just creative yeah for for me no surprises for the three stars it's the chicken feet the siumai and the hargao i just have to stay loyal wow. to those um so traditional the, man i didn't yeah, expect that from you yeah i don't know man um i've this is just you know it's me man i'm willing to die for this um okay patrick, the patrick patterson award um who do you give the patrick patterson award to for dim sum items yeah i'm going with guylon it's, it's unfortunate you know but again it's just not nearly as delicious as other items there and you're really only getting it because you feel like you need to balance out your diet which i get i totally get but at the same time shit is trash you know whenever my parents would get it it was like they would put it on my plate and say eat this to be healthy and i would resent that so that's that's my patrick patterson or even though it's iconic though that's the thing it's iconic i get it but it's not for me yeah and i mean i, I get if you get it if you like it but definitely don't get it but if what you're do you balancing like about because no, but don't get it if you're balancing out your diet like that's like just go to mcdonald's and get a salad why are you bouncing your diet by going to McDonald's, bro? What's wrong with <laughs> that's, you? that's what I'm saying. Get the Big Mac. Get the Golden McDonald's for get, salad. Get the Big Mac with no meat, man. An actual item on Uber Eats. <laughs> um, uh, Gerald Henderson. Well, mine is beef balls, and I've already gone through that. The Gerald Henderson Award of dim sum items. What do you have, Will? Man, there's so many to pick from here. There's so many to pick from. Um, I'm going with the with like uh, the tripe. Just because people don't normally go to the tripe, and again, it's one of those things that because it's lost in translation, it sounds kind of weird. Uh, and I don't know, maybe it's just not as commonly eaten elsewhere. Even though I know a lot of other cultures eat tripe, but um, yeah, it's really good, man. I really enjoy the way tripe is prepared, and it's uh, I'm never disappointed. No, I think that's a really good one. I'm gonna go with just the hot sauce and mustard. Um, okay. I-, I feel like it's just an item that people you know maybe if they're new to dim sum don't really use a lot and mm-hmm. you know utilize correctly on, on like the different items it really enhances the experience and for me it's just part of the aesthetic at the table to have that red and yellow sauce there so mm-hmm. um but you're right though there's so many items to pick from but tripe yeah tripe's a really good one man like i feel like i'm coming out of this realizing that tripe might might be just the most slept on item of all yeah. dim sum yeah, I mean, it's like hardcore, but it's like, should have a wide appeal. Like, it, if, I mean, I guess if you have a weird thing about mouthfeel and you really want like a whatever, but it, it's it's good. So definitely go out there and get tripe. Now, the the, the one question I thought you would get to is um, where are you getting dim sum in Toronto? Oh, yeah. So the thing is, like, I usually have dim sum with my parents in mm-hmm. Richmond Hill and First of all, you talk about Chinese naming things. I never know the name of the restaurants because they're all kind <laughs> okay. of the same, but all very different. <laughs> okay. It's always like it's always like Golden Gate Restaurant. Um, but 
yeah, I don't know the specific places, but like my parents have switched places like every two years. Like, like they Why? just know kind of places. I think they just, for some reason, they always know when like the owner has left. Um, oh, whoa. Yeah. That's like my, no, no. The, the most recent dim sum place that we go to, I think it's on Woodbine. Um, it's next to the new, the Diana's there, the seafood place. And my dad's like friends with the owner. Because the mm. owner just sits there and just reads the paper. And my dad, like, loves requesting the seat, like, next to where the owner sits. Wow. And, okay. like, just tries to strike strike up a friendship with him. I'm like, damn. I guess, like, he's just like me. This guy just has no friends. Um, like, and, oh, like, he, he always knows when, like, like people, like, at those establishments have, like, switched ownerships. So he'll be like, we're not going to that place anymore. Because... Mm. Because the owner left. But, like, yeah. I, I guess my answer is just that we go to, uh, like, three, four main places in the Richmond Hill, Markham area. What about you? Um, yeah, so I don't think I've had dim sum on the east side, which is kind of a shame. I kind of would like to. Um, no, I, I'm, I mostly go on the west side if I'm going with my parents. They, they like going to Emerald Chinese Restaurant, which um, is, like, a traditional, like, a dim sum experience. Like, they have the carts and everything like that. Um, I don't know. I, I looked it up on Twitter. Or I looked up on Google once, and it's only three point five. But I don't know. It's good, man. It, it really is. It's good variety. The atmosphere is good. Like uh, I enjoy the carts, so that's that's a positive. I mean, but I mean, for me mostly, if I'm going to eat them, so I'm probably going downtown Toronto because I live here, or at least close to downtown, and I'm going to either Rolson or um, Dim Sum King. I would say Dim Sum King. I'm going there during the day, like if I'm going like a Saturday. Uh, morning or like a Sunday kind of brunch kind of situation. I'm going to Dim Sum King. Um, that one is probably the biggest one in downtown Toronto because you, if you go there, you can see. Um, and I think that's the only time. Well, that's not, that's not true. Well, we we went to Dim Sum there once, but um, if you go there, you can see pictures of like famous people have walked in. So like, I think like Stephen Harper went there. Um, the Ford brothers went there. Rest in peace, Rob. Um, some some of the Raptors went there. I think like Yakupertal was there. Weirdly, <laughs> Yakupertal's out here eating chicken feet. <laughs> yeah, Yakupertal's just sitting there waiting. And he's meanwhile, like, can I guess like, I'm Guylon and I need to balance out my diet. He's like, yeah, I gotta I gotta play five minutes off the bench and commit two fouls and get traded for Kawhi later. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy Dim Sum King. It's uh, it's pretty standard, but uh, you know, it's a huge place. They got a huge stage and everything like that. It's always packed. You're probably gonna have to wait, but I, I enjoy that place. Um, but then you know, Rolson is just Rolson's a classic. Rolson's like a late night kind of situation. Like I don't want to go to Rolson during the day. Uh, I've been during the day. It's fine. It's totally cool. But there's just a there's a different energy about it at night. And going to Dim Sum, going to especially Rolson at night is such a vibe. Um, and shout out to that time we went. Yeah, to no, the championship. That was no, that was incredible. No, let's let's talk about that. No, roll song definitely okay. is a late night thing. It's not like a very it's not like a traditional dim sum spot to go to, like mm-hmm. at noon, or something like that. Like it, like if my parents were downtown, I definitely don't think I would bring them there. But you know what? I'm not gonna hate on roll song because I feel like because roll song has hit such like mainstream now that. It's Do you think it will surge? That brought a main, main oh, street? for sure, man. It was surge, yeah. and uh, and I think we'll just take credit for it. Um, okay. But it, it probably it has probably introduced a lot of people to mm-hmm. dim sum, right? Like, there's probably so many people who only know dim sum as Rolson, yeah. Um, which is fine too, man. Like, listen, I, I know um, we were spewing a lot of hate earlier, um, but you know, like, 
I, I love when people are willing to like try new things and if this is like the gateway for them to get into like kind of different kinds of Chinese food. I think it's great. So mm-hmm. yeah, we, we had a, we had a meetup with a bunch of our other friends and writers too, after the Raptors won the championship a few weeks after that happened. And we went out and we ended up at Rolson at like three in the morning. And is this where you got uh, uh, the same standing ovation as Serge Ibaka received? Well, I wasn't going to lead with that, but yeah, that did happen. Uh, apparently I was leaving the front of cause we, okay. So the thing is it was like, 2.30 a.m., we're out of the bars or whatever. But, by the way, we're at a really young bar, I feel like. There's a lot of, like, university students. I felt mad old there. Um, so I can only imagine how you felt. But um, <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, no, but it was, like, 2.30 a.m., whatever, and, like, uh, you know, we, we got everyone to go. And at first, it was, like, pretty packed, and there was, like, obviously a lot of people. It was, like, a weekend, so, you know, and it was the summertime in Toronto, so, you know, it, it is what it is. It was, it was packed, but... um. Yeah, like I, I, I remember going up to the owner and telling them like, you know, just basically, you know, because sometimes, it, honestly, if you speak Chinese to the owners, like you probably get better service, like you probably just get a better outcome. Period. So I did that, and then he's like, you know, we had the big table at the back open, but I don't know if it fits all of you guys. And I'm like, no, 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 come on, take us to the back table. So we were able to like jump the line a little bit and have like we had a table. I'm looking at the picture now. We had like 14 people at this thing. So. Um, we got the back table at Rolson. First off, for the first couple of times I went to Rolson, didn't know there was a back room. But when you walk past the bathrooms, there's an entire second section of the restaurant. And to be honest, nicer than the first half. Because the, the front section kind of just looks like, you know, another Chinese restaurant that's like, you know, uh, does, does not necessarily distinguish. But the back, the back half is like freshly renovated. It's like brighter. You know, the decor looks a little bit better. So we got sent to the back and then... Yeah, I think everyone was distracted because everyone was drunk or whatever, and like we couldn't get consensus. So I just decided to order for the table, and we I think we spent like four hundred dollars at least because I ordered like I went down the menu and I think I pretty much ordered everything on the menu, like five of everything. And again, we we fed fourteen people with like four hundred dollars, which is you know pretty price efficient. So shout out Rollson, man. Yeah, and you had to leave early too. Like you didn't even stay to eat all the food. I did have to leave, and I believe I was replaced by Faisal immediately because he oh, showed yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Faisal and Kayla, I think, were the were the last additions. And this was, mm-hmm. the, this was the night when we had the photo captured of the tentacle king, Joseph Cacharo, being the first one <laughs> to reach for the chicken feet. And that's, yeah. that's really what, I mean, he's got his friend of the community card for life, mm-hmm. like off that one photo. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, listen, I mean, he had so... Cash was pretty drunk. He had a hood on. <laughs> and, and you know, he's just going straight for the chicken feed. It's a legendary photo. I'm looking at it right now. It brings me such joy, you know? Um, yeah. But, I, feel like, but, I feel like we've revisited this Rolls on story at least three times. And I can't remember now if it's on my pod, your pod, or run it back. All our life becomes content, you know? <laughs> apologize if we're repeating, you know, when you do five podcasts a week, you know, what can you do, man? The content mm. just repeats itself. Um yeah, that was a that was a great night. Honestly, uh, dim sum's one of the things that I really miss um during this pandemic. Like just being able to go for a meal like that would be amazing mm. right now. Like being able to walk over to Rolson right now and just sit down and even just have a meal by myself would be amazing. Yes. Although it's weird if you go to dim sum by yourself, bro. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think if I've ever judging you for that, man. <laughs> um I definitely go for noodles and stuff by myself. I love eating that's that's fine. solo. Um, just pulling out a, a Raptors over everything podcast or, or reading oh, 
okay. uh, ten things from Will Lou from the night before, you know? Really this guy's peacefully. eating Xi'an's famous noodles while fucking listening to that. <laughs> yeah, 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 listening to the pod and reading ten things. That's like that's like some super fan shit. Yeah. Um and then that, that's, then the you'll video. realize they're the same thing. Sorry guys. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding, they're not. They're not, they're distinct. Oh man. Alright, I think that's it. I have no um I have no other topics that I have in the chamber for you. So what? we're gonna have to brainstorm. What, what what we got? What are we doing next week? Uh we should probably do rush hour some some kind of rush hour kind of thing. I feel like yeah. we'd really enjoy it. Yeah. Rush hour three, man. It's the rush only one three. that's on Netflix. <sighs> Fuck. Don't that's there's a reason for that, man. That movie's so garbage, man. And and then you can find a clip of me singing at karaoke and we'll play that. Oh yeah, no, you really sounded like one of uh Juntao's triads, man. Like I don't understand. Like <laughs> <laughs> Nah, but though honestly though, when you went to karaoke and started doing a uh, Ja Rule, I was that was unbelievable. I, I couldn't. I, you got the like the 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 throaty like Doc Rivers voice down pat too. I don't. I don't even know where that came from. You just turned into a different person, man. I, this is the whole thing. You had this whole like backstory as a as a rapper who worked at Sears. So like we we need to have a pod just about you. Like I we need to flip this pod. I'm gonna be the interviewer and I'm just gonna ask you about your life because people need to know more about what you were doing in in you know 2002. Yeah, no, honestly, um, if you want to do that soon, prep prep your questions, man. Okay. Um, I'll I'll do my uh, I'll do my NPR interview with you. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, I've been prepping a lot of questions um, ha- uh, from from different writers who have been looking for advice and, and things like that. So eventually, I'm I'm gonna do um, at least one solo pod um, okay. where I just answer questions. But like, well, yeah, you're really I, take, you're really jacking my whole flow, right? You're just uh, just everything, bro. Um, and, and then I want to interview you. Growing about a mustache crew. too. Like, oh, what's going <laughs> on, man? Okay, the mustache thing is just accidental. Um, I I, I got to shape up now that I got a now that I got a new webcam, which I had delivered by myself. Um, so, okay. um, yeah, no, let's do that. And then, yeah, yo, we'll we'll interview each other, bro. <laughs> this is where we're at. Yeah, no, let's do it, man. Let's do it. We just have self-serving content. It's oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I, the thing is, like, I know all the people that you're talking about in this podcast, so I really immensely enjoy it. Like, I love that Cash spent 25 minutes just going in on Savelle um, and his Peloton, and I really enjoyed that. But, like, if you didn't know who Savelle was... <laughs> Oh, oh, this. Uh, I don't know, man. This podcast this, is really just for yourself. Like this. Oh, I, I think I made that clear from the start. Uh, like, yeah. if anybody wants to come along for the ride, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, this is just me filling in all the time that I usually would be at the arena, just uh, twerking for social content, wow. which I also photographing miss. Matt Thomas. Yo, just, just like I feel like we just took a lot of things for granted, man. Just like going to the arena. Yeah. No, definitely, man. I miss that shit like like crazy right now, man. Or like you know? just being at like the office. Do you actually do you guys have plans on going back to the office at some point? Like is there like a plan for that or no? I th- I mean there's like a vague plan for that right now, but I I don't think there's necessary for our sports team to do so. And I think they're gonna give us the option too, so um yeah. That's it. I mean there's just no big need. Like there's no raptor game and there, even the game is not at the office, so only thing I would really need to be at the office for is to do like a a, a shoot. Like we wouldn't need to be like sitting in the studio, and like you would be wearing shorts for the shoot. 
this professional shoot, you'd be fucking coming in in shorts. And uh, we would talk about, you know, Pascal Siakam being uh, uh, Scottie Pippen in 1994. Wow. That's like an actual thing that happened. That's insane yeah, yeah. that you referenced. Oh, you it. called that. Man. You called that. Um, yeah, I'm usually right over time. Um, I'm looking at Rush Hour. Yeah, I guess it's not on any streaming platforms. If you want to send me a link, bro, come on, man, I'll send you a link. You know that. Yeah, send me a link. You know, I like to do. Mo- I like to do everything above board. Oh, um, okay, okay, yeah. You're it's right, just you're right. Diff- let's go. Just- let's go to Blockbuster and take it out then. <laughs> Guy. no like i'll really pay the 6.99 on itunes man okay that, that, um, do it do it man it support just, uh you know you know <laughs> support who, who is, <laughs> no don't support juntown bro <laughs> yo juntown turning out to be a white guy is crazy <laughs> i felt so betrayed no because i think if we do rush hour we can't do rush hour three like it's, no because rush hour three is just ass like it's a, yeah. it's an ass move we have like, to do rush really hour bad. Rush Hour 1, at least, like, we can talk about the context of it. And, like, it was actually a huge, like, cultural moment, you know? Yeah. Actually, though, man. And the soundtrack? The soundtrack is great. It's prime Chris Tucker as well, which is really impressive. You know, like, Jackie Chan was always... Was prime Chris Tucker a problem? No, prime Chris Tucker was definitely a problem, man. Chris Tucker was... You know, like, okay, so people compare Chris Tucker to, like, a Kevin Hart. Say, like, no, Kevin Hart's, like, the modern-day Chris Tucker. It's not even close, man. Chris Tucker, as an actor, as sort of, like, the way he came across in these acting roles, was just so effortlessly funny, man. And he's just going a mile a minute. And, like, um, meanwhile, Jackie Chan's, like, I guess a mile a minute's not that fast. 60, 60 miles per hour is just, like, a regular speed. But uh, a million miles per minute. Um, but then Jackie Chan, like, he's just, like, laid back, chill. You know, he's got that little, uh, you know, uh, cute smile going on. You know, he's spying on that, you know, that, 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 I forget who that woman was, but, you know, he's saying, I love Snoopy, like, bars. That, that whole movie's bars. Rush Hour 1 and 2 are just classics. Like, I showed it to my little brother, uh, who had never seen Rush Hour before, which made me feel so old. Um, but those did come out before he was born. And he was like, yeah, this is great. It's, uh, it's a little sexist, because it was uh, directed by Brett Ratner, unfortunately. But, you know, whatever. It's, uh, it's still a great movie. Yo, North American Jack. Jackie Chan is hilarious, man. Yeah, he sp- he says like six words, and then Chris Tucker the whole time is just like, "Yo, no, nobody understands the words coming out of your mouth, man." It's it, the shit is hilarious, man. And then the outtakes, the outtakes. That's what I'm saying. We should do a whole Chris. We should do a whole Rush Hour pod. All right, all right. Well, so let's do Rush Hour, and then we will interview each other, and then hopefully life will be back to normal. No, we could keep doing this though. Yeah, let's let's uh. Let's do it. All right. Uh, hope you all enjoyed the dim sum pod. And if you have any other ideas that you want Will and I to do, you know, we're just trying to be like the Fung Bros right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, man. Get the fuck out of here. Wait, you're saying if they gave us like a YouTube series to be the Fung Bros, you wouldn't sell out? Fuck. That's crazy. We wouldn't do it hey, like, oh, we're your- here with Jeremy Lin and uh, we're eating American Chinese food versus Chinese Chinese food. We're here with Serge hey, Ibaka. <laughs> we're going to make Serge Ibaka per- like, go go talk to the cart lady. Like, that's our episode <laughs> one. Yo, that would be amazing, though. Serge Ibaka trying to holler at them. Oh you, you don't think Cantonese is one of the 15 languages Serge Ibaka speaks? Yo, I don't would know. you be what- surprised if Serge spoke Cantonese? I wouldn't. No, I would not. Sky- I, would, I would lose my shit. But like... um. I don't know what you think your destiny is. Your destiny is to be a Fung Bro YouTube personality, man. That's, that's I can't. Why, why are you telling me the truth about my life? I don't want to hear this. Yeah, that's where <laughs> you're heading. All right, Will. I will catch up with you next week. All right, man. Take care. Right back.